0: Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And yes, we're still in the Easter season, six Sundays since Easter, but still celebrating the resurrection of our Lord. And the readings in this post Easter season have been coming from the Gospel according to St. John. First, a few chapters, a few readings of post-resurrection appearances of Jesus, when he showed himself to his disciples and gave them peace and sent them out. And now these last couple of weeks, we've been reading from the night when he was betrayed, from Maundy Thursday, after he had washed his disciples' feet, after he had showed them the servant's heart, he teaches them. He gives them sort of his, his last words and testament. He tells them about the coming of the Holy Spirit. He tells them about his love for them. And he gives them a new commandment, that they love one another. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Last week, Jesus had said that he was the true vine. It says, I am the true vine and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide in me and bear much fruit. Well, that discourse goes on today. He's continuing to speak. This isn't sort of an isolated reading. After he had told them that he is the vine and that you are the branches, he talks about the abiding of his love. How connected to him, grafted into the true vine, his love is yours. Jesus talks about his love as something that is in him and something that he does. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Perhaps you've heard before that there are several kinds of there are several words for love in, uh, in Greek, in the New Testament. The kind of love that a husband and wa- wife might have, you know, sort of that infatuation, that, um, that love that makes your heart go pitter patter. As I'm preparing to celebrate my anniversary at the end of the month, I still have that feeling when I see my beloved wife. And then there's the kind of love that we have between friends in Christ, between brothers in Christ, a brotherly love. And then there's the abiding love, the abounding love, the agape love that knows no ends. This is the kind of love that God has for us. And each of these kinds of love isn't simply a feeling or an emotion that is experienced. But when the Scriptures talk about the love of God for us, the love that we have for one another, even the love that a husband and wife have for each other, they're not simply things that are held and felt inside and internalized and reflected for ourselves, but that love is always expressed outwardly in action toward the Beloved. When God says that He loves you, He calls you his beloved. When we hear from 1 John that God is love, not simply that he feels it or knows it or experiences it, but is love itself. We know that he is love because he gives and cares and sustains, forgives you. That is what it is for God to love us. John 3.16, God says that he loved the world in this way. He sent his one and only Son. He didn't simply love the world and say, ah, what a world. But he loved the world enough to send his Son. And here, Jesus says, this is my commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Well, what does it mean, Jesus, to love one another as you have loved us? In what way have you loved us? He says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. And again, he points directly to his cross, to his suffering, death, and resurrection for you. The love of God is seen most perfectly in the cross, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That is how he has loved you. He gave himself up for you fully, completely, that you would be his own. Jesus says, greater love is this. This is the kind of love that you should have for one another. Lay down your lives for one another. There's no greater love than someone lay down his life for his friends. His very next words are, you are my friends. I have a great love for someone so intense, so immense, that I will lay down my life for my friends. You are my friends. So Jesus is saying, I will lay down my life for you. That is how great my love is. You are my friends. And I will do what it is I have to do. I will do what it is to love you. I will lay down my life for you. I'm going to guess that there is someone that you've had in your life that you've looked up to. A mentor. They do a job that you would like to do. Maybe they do your job better than you can, and you want to learn from them. They have a certain quality about themselves, that they're well-liked by others, perhaps. Maybe they're very talented, whatever it is. There's someone in your life that you've probably looked up to. Maybe you get a little starstruck whenever you're around them or just are sort of admiring them. Now, imagine this for a minute. That individual, your your mentor, this person you look up to, are, are having a conversation. Maybe you're chatting over a cup of coffee. Maybe you're sharing a beer together or having dinner or whatever it might be. And someone else comes up to say hello and to introduce themselves. And this mentor of yours, this person whose company you value, takes a moment to introduce you to them. And he doesn't introduce you as "this is my coworker," "this is my neighbor," "this is the person who works for me." He doesn't identify you by simply your name or your occupation, but he says this: "Let me introduce you to my friend." How does that feel in that moment? Did did he just call you friend? This person you look up to, admire, wish to emulate, whose time you value, who you don't know. Do they think much of me even? And they take the time to introduce you as their friend. Wow, that means a lot. They think of you as a friend. That means they associate with you. They're willing to be identified with you. They see that you are part of their life. You don't simply work for them or with them. You are friends. And so you have a relationship. Friends share things in common. Friends look out for one another. Friends ask, how are you doing? And really actually want to know, how are you doing? It's not the passing somebody in a grocery store. How's it going? Fine. How's it going? You have a." You know, an hour for me to fill you in on exactly how it all's going. But a friend would ask and actually care. A friendship is a relationship of freedom, not obligation. And how joyful you feel when someone you are glad to spend time with considers you a friend and is glad to spend that time with you as well. I wonder if that's how the disciples felt when Jesus said, I call you friends. They were his disciples. They had followed him. They had learned from him. He had taught them. Perhaps they felt like they served him, even though he had come to serve them. They followed him, but now he doesn't call them slaves or servants, but instead he calls them friends. Known by God as friends. I get excited to be called God's friend through His Son, Jesus Christ. That He would consider me His friend. And that He would love me. And that He would lay down His life for me in my place. To say, for my friend, for my beloved, I will do this. And that unites us with the Father. Because that's the kind of love the Father has for the Son, the Son has for the Father, and that He has for us. The Son keeps the Father's commandments perfectly and abides in His love. And He desires that you would have joy in that love. Not just joy that is fleeting or passing, or that comes and go, but joy that is to the fullest. When was the last time your joy was full? When you felt like one of those, have uh, uh, you seen those videos, the little miniature goats just jumping around like crazy and they're just happy as can be? They just look full of joy. You know, or that, that kind of exuberance when the gates open up and a horse goes running out to run barrels, or the kind of joy that you have when your front door opens up and your cat makes a break for it. <laughs> That's having joy to the fullest. That's having joy that can't be contained. I'm going for it. That's the kind of joy that God has for you. In laying down His life for you, He gives you joy because He loves you. A joy that comes from being forgiven. A joy that comes from being set free. From what, what weighs you down, from what hinders your joy. You see, this is where Jesus' love for you is seen most perfectly. He lays down His life. And so that must mean that you're his friends. Because that's what friends do. He loves you very much. You're not an outsider anymore. You know the inner feelings, the inner workings of God. Slaves don't know what's going on in the kingdom. Friends are on the inside. You are part of the family of God. Not because you chose him, but he chose you. He chose you first, not last, for the team. He picked you to receive his love, his forgiveness, his life, and his full and abounding joy. And that joy is yours. And it comes to you each and every Lord's day, bringing you right to the very right hand of God, bringing you his friends, forgiveness, life, and salvation. brings you freedom. and He places you at his Father's table, And introduces you, Father, this is my friend. I lay down my life for them. I love them. Love them as you love me. And it's true. And it happens. When you enter eternity, when you enter the joy of your Father who is in heaven, Jesus will introduce you as his friend, as his beloved, as one who has all his things. This is joy. And that is joy to its fullest. In Jesus' name, Amen. And the peace which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.